0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Four, three, two, one. I told you before to be careful where you put your legs. I was only trying to be helpful. I can help myself. What are you waiting for? Come on. Come on! What are you waiting for? Come on! Come on! For seven decades, Michael Caine has been among the world's most renowned and recognisable actors. It was just what I needed. A one-inch god with a two-inch penis. The star of classics like Zulu, The Man Who Would Be King and The Cider House Rules. It's a miracle no one was killed. But also films that brought his career to the brink of complete implosion. I made a mistake. Somehow, he has always found a way back. You're a big man, but you're in bad shape. But maybe it's a full time job. In this epic podcast series, we will watch and review every Michael Kane movie, from the greatest hits. You're only
1: supposed to blow the bloody doors off.
0: To the incredible misses. You failed to maintain your weapon, son. And take a deep dive into the life and work of one of the world's most recognisable film stars. His name is Michael Kane, and no one will forget his name. To understand how he has made the Mark of Cain. Well, you all settled in? Right, we can begin. For God's sake, come in! Hello and welcome to the Mark of Cain, our ongoing infiltration of the Michael Cain filmography, sifting through the best, the worst and the indifferent diversions in this most diverse canon of work, produced by any living actor. At least that's what we reckon anyway. Joining me on this mission... Is Stephen Black of the Mallow News Twitter Emporium. Do you see what I'm doing here? I've used the words infiltration, mission, indifferent. See what I'm doing? Yes, it's good that you've reminded me of those words because I kind of tuned out. Oh. <laughs> I have that gift. That is my broadcasting gift. Come back, everybody. Come back, everybody. We're talking about what are we talking about today? The Eagle has landed. You can decide that everybody loves Nazis. Yep, yeah, he's a good Nazi. He's he's like a good guy. How can he do it? He's just that dexterous an actor. He can play a good Nazi. I have to say, actually, he's looking very sleek and svelte here. I think he's got the haircut he's wearing that German soldier's uniform I think you've got an obsession
1: with Kane's physique now at this stage Nary an episode goes by and you're not looking at his curves
0: well it's just the contract do you know what we talked very briefly about Sean Connery's ageing process in the 70s when we when we did The Man Who Will Be King where he went from like I mean, when
1: you say ageing process it's like, he, he, like an acting process like something he has he a has hand or actor or part in really alright
0: you know, okay fair enough how he aged during the 70s right yes. Kane is the I'm so he starts the 70s like early 70s Kane is loose and boozy and he's carrying a bit of timber we're not into body shame we're not that's not what it's about I just find it interesting that he goes from that to now in the mid 70s he's somehow healthier looking Kane. he's only I suppose he's only having a little glass of wine when he eats now it's cigars not cigarettes he's actually munching on a cigar at the very start of this film uh, are you trying to? Are you trying to say that cutting back on alcohol and cigarettes is a- actually beneficial? Well, I can only take it from the look of Kane that it is. He's also got the love of a good woman and a family. He's getting into the restaurant business as well. He's got some sidelines on. I think these are, these are the pillars for healthy living. I think that's that's what I'm learning. And you open a restaurant then? Yeah, a nice kind of. What kind of restaurant would I open? Greasy spoon. Well, I think. No, I was just thinking probably in,
1: in along the theme of that. You know what? In Dublin they have that Mao restaurant. You know, they've mm-hmm. called a restaurant after a mass murderer. Yeah, so maybe we could maybe we could just open Hitler's across the road from it. Hitler,
0: <laughs> Hitler's. Hitler. It's only for fun though.
1: It's only, it's only for fun yeah. though.
0: Yeah, we're good Nazis, and we could have we're, the eagle landed playing all the time. You know, just just to drive home the fact that we're only selling good Nazis like schnitzels
1: schlitzels yes uh what is uh pastries German's good yeah. for, for the old pastries
0: yeah okay yep. okay okay maybe that's something we can we can talk about after this this podcast has been cancelled after this very conversation but anyway let's get stuck into this right so it's back to the war for Kane. he's playing good Nazi I cannot emphasize that enough good Nazi trying to kidnap or assassinate winston churchill there's canada's finest donald sutherland playing what purports to be an irishman more of that and on uh jenny Agutter in full-on simper mode uh, larry hagman doing crazy larry hagman robert duval as an eye-patched german officer rocking a very sharp accent and donald pleasance as a perfectly weird heinrich himmler get the kettle on break out the hobnobs it's bank holiday cane in the eagle has landed September 12, 1943, German paratroopers snatch Mussolini from his mountaintop prison in Italy. The event stuns the world. Inspired by the rescue of
1: his ally, Hitler orders an even more daring bid to capture his greatest enemy.
0: The explosive events of Jack Higgins's international bestseller, now seen as they happened in a film of epic suspense, The Eagle Has Landed.
1: To go to England for me? I know you. To assist in the kidnapping and safe return to Germany, a Winston Churchill.
0: Okay, I have a question for you, right? This is war movie. Press ups before before breakfast. Ten press ups after breakfast, okay. and then just a couple of sit ups. Okay. Are you still getting up at three? I to get up at three AM in the morning to start this whole regime.
1: Just, uh, just uh, kind of uh, my usual milkshake of raw, raw ham and egg.
0: Ooh, lovely, nothing like raw yeah. ham to start the day off on the right foot. Um, so he's done about like, like what are we say about five war movies now? Has he done a good one yet? No. Next. Fair enough. That was the shortest. Uh, okay. Well, tune in next time when we were doing another <laughs> war movie, um, Zulu. No. That's a movie.
1: Okay. It's good. It's an okay movie. Yeah. It's. Yes, um, the others no. Play Dirty. We, we've we've uh, we've discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other war movies? Has he done? Uh, too late, the hero. hero. Yeah, no. also n- no good. Mote we've Spitfire another one the, the one. Uh, Battle of Oh, Britain. fucking Battle of Britain! I forgot. you but, I mean. He's not really in that much, so it's hard no. to blame him that much for that. No, um, and uh, but I mean, he's got a chance to to redeem himself. I'm sure we've got a couple of more uh, war movies down the line. Oh
0: God, we do. Oh well, we do. I mean, we've got. Well, we won't. Let's leave him for another day. But we we have one in particular that we're going to enjoy. Um, Dunkirk? Yeah, Dunkirk. Yeah, Dunkirk. He's on the radio for seven seconds. Um, Yeah, I think we're we're showing our hand in terms of the eagle. I have to say, I've watched this film so many times down the years. And it was on this viewing that it's been ruined for me. Just just ruined. What happened to your pets? Tell, Tell Stephen all about it. Well, like it's this is totally my wheelhouse. Like you know, seventies war movie, bit of a bit of a caper element to it in terms of. Oh, we discussed to,
1: this last at the end Kim of the last Matt week's Churchill. podcast. We said we 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 we, we pictured apple cheeked young McFoley, uh, pajamas, mm-hmm. sat in front cross legged, yep. bowl bowl of quality street yep. in his lap, staring up. Oh, yeah. Jaw slightly agape, eyes wide, pupils <sighs> dilated, wow. as, an, wow. as two hours of fun were downloaded into his brain. And he so, asso- yeah. you know, associated it's wonderful it. warmth feelings he has with Michael Caine um, germinating even then. Yeah. So what happened? Lot- what happened? Now you know that you're old, bitter and twisted. Yeah. But the it's world has broken your, your spirit. There's
0: a lot of dust yeah. in this room right now. Uh, basically, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, I started reading. That was the problem. I started reading about this film and I copped that John Sturgis, the director, Magnificent Seven, The Great Escape, Bad Day at Black Rock. Whatever, loads of great films. He basically checked out after the film was over. He was not involved in the edit, which got me looking at the film in a different way. And it's two and a quarter hours long. And I realised I put the I actually put the clock on it. Right, there's two people are killed in the first hour and thirty five minutes. There is not a shot fired in a war movie for an hour and thirty five minutes. A serious shot. And it's not really. I mean, is it it, it traditionally a war movie? It's not a spy infiltration. Yeah. that, that that is no you're right it's more of a it's, it's, like, a dirty, it's essentially
1: like a dirty dozen uh gang gang of lads mission guys on a mission it's a guys on a mission movie really it's not yeah. really a war movie it's just the, the setting is the background is the incidental background. it's it's it, it's not really the purpose of it it's the whole men are recruited they're given a plan oh, it's seemingly impossible type of mission and then they try to carry it out and then things go awry and how so they react to it uh
0: Absolutely, and, and real. Are you, so you're right. So it's it's not a conventional war movie in that sense. And but just looking at it through these eyes now, and kind of looking how it was put together, and the fact that storage just wasn't there. So and Coates the other who, to be fair, like and Coates, Lawrence of Arabia, uh you know, glittering career puts does it does a does a fine job just getting a movie out of it. But just sort of, I realized that it meanders so much. There's so many diversions. There's so much kind of talking and sort of the planning process takes up about 2 cause of an hour of the movie. Like the plot to capture Churchill is the centerpiece. So like, you know, in something like Where Eagles Dare or even something like Kelly's Heroes where they're chasing the gold, right they focus on the mission like we're just we're with the lads on the mission this is going you're back to, to the berlin
1: you're talking to the to listeners no, i've not, not, not seen either of those two movies but i'm sure people are more silly yeah. well, uh, than
0: i am well kelly's heroes is where where a bunch of b- b- bunch of american soldiers just sorry in, in, i didn't need we to, say that i wanted to find out i just wanted to, jump along. Anyway, to focus 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 michael focus so uh, too much planning ridiculous love affair between Donald Sutherland and Jenny Agutter. Absolutely stupid. This film is 2 hours, 15 minutes long. Do you know that there's a 2 hour, 45 minute version out there? Can you imagine I didn't
1: know. No, I didn't. I can't imagine imagine how bad that would be. I can't imagine that, you know, some people see people. Well, I always play this. There's very, very few films that are are re-released that benefit from extra footage being put into it. Um, Recently enough, you had that uh, Justice League the Snyder Cut being released that was basically mm-hmm. the result of, of uh, hundreds of thousands of mewling um, um, men, children on social media demanding that the definitive uh, vision uh, uh, of Sha- of Zack Snyder be presented to them. And it was. And it did slightly change. It went from an absolutely terrible mess to a slightly longer terrible mess. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My... A,
1: a more coherent yeah. terrible mess I suppose to give it some credit. But I mean there's no no movie benefits
0: from, from, from a director's extended cut it just doesn't in this case i i think the ex, the, the extended version has more of the sutherland agatha love affair and kind oh, of faces good, because that's, that's that's what there was crying over oh, cry oh, cry just Alfred. give me
1: more of jenny agger making moon eyes at this. Oh, at a man Let's, let's, let's give it all, all this due. donald sutherland is is not an attractive man <laughs> he's not an attractive man he basically looks like a, a, a witch cursed a scarecrow
0: <laughs> and he's enhanced by the Being by the addition goofy, of red don- hair in
1: this Being case goofy donkey on him like you could imagine him <laughs> gnawing on a carrot going to town on a carrot
0: like you yeah like galloping
1: you- around a paddock in this carrot <laughs>
0: like I, yeah it would have been helpful if this plot line was needed at all in the film it's not and speaking the plot lines, let me just get through the plot, and we can get into the get into this a bit more. Okay, just get this out the way. So, so the eagle has landed. Okay, so. The war is slipping away from Germany by 1943. So Hitler, in his you know sound mind, orders German intelligence to conduct a feasibility study into kidnapping Churchill. Jesus, actually, there's nothing like a feasibility study in a war movie you really to set your pulse racing, either, is there? So anyway, oh, it's this, very sexy, a, a very. Uh, so this feasibility study actually morphs into a proper plan of action put together by, by Robert Duval's character Raddle, and so he chooses Kurt Steiner, who's played by Kane, to lead the mission. He's heavily decorated veteran of all sorts of missions, but. He's 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 been court-martialed because he tried to save the life of a Jewish woman escaping a death trend. See? Good Nazi. Good Nazi. Now, Liam Devlin is Sutherland's character. He's an IRA man and an academic in Berlin. And he's recruited and landed into this little village called Studley Constable, uh, which is close to where Churchill is going to be staying for a few days. Um, Joanna Gray then is played. She's played by Jean Marsh from upstairs, downstairs. Joanna Gray is this mole on the ground. Uh, so the, she's there in the village already kind of arranged stuff so the plan gets going anyway so Steiner brings in his troops pretending to be Polish so they're knocking about doing manoeuvres whatnot one of them saves a local girl who falls into water and nearly gets crushed by a mill wheel but the soldier gets killed instead and they've been hiding their German uniforms underneath the Polish uniforms they see the German oh, so uniform stupid. the jig is up so lads the jig so is so stupid oh okay so stupid. <laughs> but see they the, don't want to be treated as the spies device. they're honourable soldiers so, good Nazis no it's so good terribly too hard.
1: So (laughs) awfully shoehorned in as a plot device, you know. As soon as it's mentioned, uh, we want you know, if there's any chance we're going to die, we want to die with our uniform. I mean, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. This this will have no bearing on the plot later. Stop, you're doing an evil
0: on this. You're diversioning, you're diversioning. (sighs) Stop it. We're back to Berlin. You're reporting back to somebody. Let me get to the end of this. Let me get to the end of this. So anyway, the jig is up. So they take everyone into the church, right? There's a bit of a siege. Uh, there's an American Ranger force based nearby as well. So this is where Larry Hagman comes in. He's playing a US officer with zero combat experience and he commits complete arse of things. He gets like taken out almost immediately. Treat Williams then comes in playing Captain Clark and he does a proper job clearing out the Germans. But Steiner, Captain Kane's character, escapes and manages to get into Churchill's residence. I, I like. I mean, the security, I have to say, is beyond flimsy. Um He meets him on the balcony, Churchill, and he kills Churchill. (gasps) And then he gets shot himself. And you're like, what's going on here? For a split second. And then it turns out that it's Churchill's body double. Ah, and the real Churchill is away in Tehran in talks with Roosevelt and Stalin. Then there's a little bit at the end about Devlin, the Irish character at the end, staying to pursue his true love, Jenny Agatha. But really, I don't care about it. My my brain turned off uh, once I realised that Churchill was a body double. And that's pretty much the eagle has landed um, yeah, it's. It, I think there's a there's a very good tight war movie here waiting waiting to be to be to be done, but it's just so much flab and so much fucking waiting around and explaining going on. That I would, I would I would will be
1: the last. I will be the last person here to ever uh, say that I am an expert in any way on sexual relations. So I've got to put my hands up, out of my pockets, obviously, and say <laughs> no expert. However, I do think foreplay is very important Yes, but it comes to a certain stage of foreplay where you're kind of going right where do we going to get down to the fucking <laughs> and the, the issue with Deagle has landed it spends so much time rubbing around the clitoral area it never gets around to take you know to do anything really fucking concrete until it's too late people have put their clothes back on they're like no do you know what maybe we'll just go downstairs and have a drink instead
0: oh my god can I just can I just put in there for one second I know you're mid-flow there and you're this isn't I don't even know is this floor foreplay I have I read and listened to a lot of podcasts and blogs about this film and I have said I was thinking can we bring anything new to the story of the eagle has landed I think you've I think this is stuff that people have never ever talked about in the context of the eagle has landed carry on compliments accepted <laughs> But I, my 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 theory has, has
1: come to its climax, uh, <laughs> uh, if you will, that if you're going to have a movie that's about kidnap, uh, essentially about the plot to kidnap Churchill, mm-hmm. you better get around to kidnap trying to kidnap Churchill at some fucking stage. This yeah. gets around it. that it, it. gets they're found out before they get anywhere near Churchill. Yeah. No, there's no, and there are no de- no really intimate details about them. You know, uh, I know other movies like this would have, let's say a huge warehouse and they'd mock up the village and they'd run through their maneuvers on it and they'd plan about where they'd be attacking all that and then you helping the audience visualize what this is Mm -hmm. going to look like when it's carried out and when things go awry you know the audience is brought along on the journey but this is just a load of lads point to get maps and you know folders loads of folders loads of folders that's they'll read the folders going yes this is a good idea I will do this and it just takes so long and you eventually get to the village and then you realize oh hang on they've been found out but we haven't even got to the kidnapping pit. So the whole thing is rumbled before they get anywhere near yeah. to actually
0: being involved in that. It's terrible. It's terrible plotting. It's terrible pacing. It's terrible pacing. Like, the, I suppose the, the, the backdrop to all this is that everybody thinks this is a bad idea, uh, apart from Hitler. So, like, it's kind of... it's uh, That's one bit that was bothering me, that they were constantly explaining to us how doomed this is, as though we don't realise that this is doomed already. All they need to do in, in the prep bit is exactly what you say. A bit of a mock-up. But a little bit of mock up. There were some scenes between Robert Duval playing Raddle and Donald Pleasance playing Himmler. Pleasance is only in, in the thing for about five minutes. He is monstrously good as Himmler, and they just needed a, a little bit of that just to show that these guys are completely complete maniacs, calculated maniacs in charge, coming up with this stuff. And th- that that would have done fine. And then let's let's get down to it. Like th- like they're barely in the village and they get found out. Which is which is which is a problem and that also leads into an issue that I have with the use of Kane, which brings us to his performance. He is underutilized in this film. I think he is woefully underutilized. He plays good Nazi, good Nazi actually on a, on a tangent, what do you think it is? I think actually he would have made a very good bad Nazi in another film. What do you think? Would you think he would have made a bad Nazi? I think he would. Have. I'm sure he made a very good bad Nazi. I think he would have been great. If you think of him in character, and like plenty of other kind of hooded-eye performances we've had so far from him, I think he would have been great. But he actually turned down the role of Liam Devlin for this, who's the IRA character. He didn't want to play an IRA character. I doubt any English actor in the mid-70s wanted to play an IRA character, to be honest with you. No, apparently,
1: appealing a Nazi was far more palatable. Yeah,
0: apparently. Good Nazi. Good Nazi.
1: Can you imagine... I Whoever pitched this was to be an absolute genius of a salesman. Can you imagine so Go I've got a tremendous idea for you. It's a it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a World War two uh men in a mission movie. Yes. So it's great. Uh, it's a uh, Americans, uh British, what do they do? He said, No, actually it's about Nazis. Right. right. Oh no, hang on. they're good Nazis. Oh, okay. I uh, what are they? They're 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 gonna kidnap Winston Churchill. Okay. Run uh, by me again. Who, and who are the good guys in this? Oh, the Nazis are the good guys in this. Right. Oh, uh, and also we'll make reference to the fact that the British invented co- uh, concentration camps as well in this movie. <sighs> really? True. Okay. Um, and we'll also have the Nazis uh, rescue a, ch- a, child, a child just in case the audience is in any doubt that these are good Nazis. Mm-hmm. Okay. And at the end they do kill Winston Churchill already, oh, but it's not really him. Okay. But they <laughs> kill Winston.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so are we saying Kane was back on the vodka? And he said yes to this. <laughs>
1: I don't to know. Again, I I I don't know what his rationale for picking this was. It he, I mean, maybe it was Sturgis that he Sturgis. wanted to work with. I'd say yeah, Behind Sturgis. the Great Escape and behind the the Magnificent Seven. I mean, yeah, it's, he's got a, a tremendous, as you say, uh, track record. And again, as usual, Kane Kane manages. To get them at just the just right, right moment. Just right as about, they're about to
0: go down the slide. You know, Stur- <laughs> Sturgis says to Kane, "I'm here basically because I I want to go fishing. I, I I I want money to fund my next fishing trip. Wasn't a hell of a freaking fishing trip, but he was very frustrated <laughs> with Sturgis. <laughs> oh, <laughs> go back, go back to the pitch. Don't worry,
1: don't worry. But, 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 uh, we don't focus on the Nazis that much. Oh, thank God. Yeah, we also have the. Uh, uh, there's going to be lots of laughs in it. Oh, really? Uh, uh, who's that provider? Oh, by an IRA man. This You know, like, in the, mid- in the 70s, Guilford bombings have taken place. Yeah, so this Birmingham, is the backdrop here. Now yeah, you just, yeah. Yeah, you kind of go, yeah, <laughs> where do I sign? <laughs> oh, how many mil- how- <laughs> it's a half a million, $600,000, no problem, here we go.
0: It this is, should be great. It is, it is, it is. It is the twenty first the twenty first century equivalent would be would basically be making an ISIS movie from the ISIS point of view is basically what we're doing here. A Good ISIS, a good ISIS, yeah, good ISIS. Um, you know, big picture ISIS. Oh, Jesus, it's that's a very good point. It's a very very good point. Uh, it's his, when you put it that way, it's amazing. He did. I felt sorry for him because he barely blinks in the film. He's doing his old thing where he doesn't blink. His his eyes must have been like shredded wheat's by the end of this because like the summer of seventy six was famously hot. Like. And so the like, even the actors who were who are on the on the shoot said, you know, these guys like were layered up in in uniforms. They. They die
1: they were up in two fucking uniforms yeah and Kane had a leather jacket
0: stupid yeah stupid fucking plot device
1: going around with your two <laughs> like, like a fucking teenager a teenage girl trying to sneak out to a disco you're not going out of the house dressed like that you're know, not no <laughs> no.
0: it's just hell. all an effort to make them good Nazis that they are soldiers they're not Nazis they're soldiers we're soldiers we're professional soldiers and so on it's established at the very beginning as I said in the plot thing with, with him trying to save a Jewish woman from a death train it's, it's all that but he's barely in the first star he's there for 17 minutes if the thing had been just shaped more tightly around the operation we would have had more cane it would have been a better film but anyway that's by the way what did you think of the accent because it's kind of a mix and match em affair from Kane. i think do you think there was an attempt but i mean
1: like the, it's cane so the accent is fairly wogious like i mean like the, the german is fairly <laughs> but the way that he i am assuming the logic was is when he started uh, quote-unquote speaking english when they're in the village that he just adopted his own accent yes and And that was it. But there was no attempt for him to go back to the German accent after that once he'd been rumbled. So...
0: There are interesting bits of detail in the script, right? In, in in a film with loads of plot holes, right? There are interesting little just moments of detail in the script by Tom Mankovich that just sort of get you over line. So, for example, with the accent, right? We are told that Steiner is perfect for this because he went to school in England, right? So, if there's a bit of diluting of the German accent, well, it's because he spent his impressionable years in England, right? And now he's in England, so he can kick into the old... Uh, the cut, that only makes, sense. That actions, only makes you know? sense if German people talk to each other in English with the German an accent. That's, that, that's true. But, but if you're a teenager in England, right? If you're there for five or six years, you're going to pick up the twang. Like it's going to be diluted. Like that's what I'm I saying. I know,
1: yeah, I know, yeah. But my point is, they're speaking fucking English. They're not speaking German. It's not like he's speaking German and people are kind of going, well, it's, you know." From, uh, yeah, fair point. He really speaks German fair with point. a German accent. He speaking English with a fucking German, with a
0: terrible German accent. I get you. But again, this is this is not a film that's tight on this stuff. But it it, it, it mm. attempts to be tight, at least in this case. And look, there's no point in us dwelling dwelling on Kane's
1: accent when you've got the fucking <sighs> elephant in the room that is Donald <sighs> Sutherland's.
0: Uh, oh, his County Tipper Dublin accent he's oh Jesus he's, Christ he's stick a pin in the map where, yeah. where the fuck is that from accent I'll be honest like when we're doing these podcasts I'm always conscious of trying to focus on Kane because this is what we're here for but I'll be brutally honest I mean this needs an entire section on this right I mean I'm just before we leave the accents yes you have Sutherland's accent you have Gene Grey doing kind of an Afrikaans twang that's not good and Anthony Quayle actually starts an accent a German accent at the beginning of the film gives up just gives up on it at some point. But Duval, is, Duval, Duval, Duval is the only one who makes. Yeah. Duval is fantastic in this film. He's, he's very good. The best thing about, he's the best. Duval for me was the
1: best thing about this movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And uh, do you know what I liked about There's something about Duval that I noticed in this film that you can see, it, it's, obviously he's not playing Tom Hagen, but there's a way he moves and there's a way he uses his hands and just his physical self in a movie. He's just fantastic. And yeah, he is. He is the best thing in this film. But anyway, on to the worst thing in this film, right? As I said, I, I normally try and veer away from sort of going too far away from Kane. Fucking Donald Sutherland. He gets this thing, right? Gets positive reviews at the time, his performance, and in retrospect... He gets positive reviews from people right up to the present day, which leads me to ask you, Stephen, what do foreigners hear when they hear us Irish people talk? I guess it's their exposure
1: to when they hear us talk. Again, if you think about what, how likely are foreigners to watch Fair City? How likely are, are Irish foreigners soap to watch I- or any foreigners Irish or yeah, yeah. yeah. Irish independence? It's, it's its not. So what what is their exposure to Irish accent going to be? It's potentially going to be an American or a, 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 an English actor doing an Irish accent. So that there are historically looking at older movies where, you know, fucking Darby, o, uh,
0: Darby O'Gill. Darby O'Gill, yeah, Sean Connery's uh, accent, and that is, you know, unbelievable. So it's actually not that bad. Actually, Connery has done two really bad Irish accents in his time. Well, I think it's No, that's bad. not true.
1: That's not true before you say anything anything else he does an okay Irish accent in Darby O'Gill he does no Irish accent in The Untouchables is he not meant to be doing an
0: Irish accent though in
1: The Untouchables he is meant to be doing an Irish accent so he does a
0: Scottish accent
1: he does I've said this before about Connery on this podcast haven't haven't I I'm not sure the hunt for Red Red October yes the for October and him learning the, these opening monologue in uh, Russian, gets the set, tries it five takes and goes, ah, fuck
0: it. And goes, just does it, th- the whole thing in his <laughs> Scottish <laughs> accent. accent. Can I make another point about Sutherland as well? There's a, so so the Sutherland character, he's set up as 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 a, a good IRA character, which I'll come to in a second. An academic. An academic, yeah. But also your, your classic hail fellow, well met Irish lad, right? Bit of a character, right? Can I just make the point, right? That quite apart you know, quite apart from being, you know, this charming Irish character in the film. He would have been known, I think he would have been known in most towns and villages in Ireland, in real life, as a complete bollocks. I think, right? He's loud, right? He's full of shit, right? He's prone to fighting. He's a complete horn dog. like He asked Jenny Agatha's character definitely twice inside of meeting her first how old she is. So he's a middle-aged academic alco with a liking for young girls. I'm telling you, Back back in those days, get away to England would have been the message to him. Like, am I not? Am I wrong?
1: No, you're not wrong. He's. I mean, and again, the first thing he does within seconds be introduced is offer uh, Robert Duval a drink because Irish people love to drink. No, sure. That's what? true. I mean, that's it, it's, it's true. Do, we do, we, love we do. do love to we drink. Do. There's we just do a like a to drink. That's fine. Often have a basis in reality. That's fine. But the first but line. What's his first line? In first the line. Top of the morning. Oh,
0: have you ever in your life said top of the morning to anybody? Not in not not in an ironic way at no. all. No. It's fucking unbelievable. The accent is stunning. The lines are worse. You're quite right. But they are very careful to make him this lovable IRA, man, right? So as you as you alluded to there, like this is 76. Context is really important here. So 76, and as you said also, Birmingham and Guildford, they're fresh in the memory, troubles are raging. IRA have brought the war to mainland Britain he even makes the point like in his first conversation with Duval's character that he's not into mixing bombs in a kitchen in someone's pot and blowing blowing civilians to bits this is an empire thing he's like a big picture Marxist IRA man so no that's fine you know that's grand like we like we like those IRA men yeah I've I've taken uh, in my extensive dose to
1: referring to this part of the, the film as the pastoral adventures of Fuckboy boy Paddy <laughs> but right yeah uh, take us through those adventures there if you will it's uh pursuing a not, not even post-teen Jenny Agutter to the beach uh and seducing her in the sands uh and then stopping and then going on and then uh, again once again pursuing Jenny Agutter. um being, first of all, intimidated by, like, this is another thing, being intimidated in a local pub by a man wearing dungarees. I mean, it is impossible to wear dungarees and be intimidated. <laughs> all I think is Felicity Kendal in The Good Life. Uh, I, just that, And then proceeds to beat your man up in a terribly choreographed fist fight in the That's graveyard. awful.
0: That's awful. Uh,
1: uh, proceeding all the way through where he has, a, he doesn't have a, cha- a, tra- a change of heart at any stage in this. He he, he sets up the Nazis, uh, given, you know, does he's he's bit in the village, um, and then goes to leave. But before he leaves, he leaves her a love letter so tiny that it looks like he's handing it over to a fucking hobbit. <laughs> it really finds out fun. that the Nazis have been found out. Comes uh, 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 decides to go and support them via the very uh, or go to help them via the very conveniently located escape tunnel built into the church.
0: And just to just to make the point, now he's he's found this tunnel in the church. He's, he's there as an undercover marsh warden. So he'd have no business in the church, really. And also, he's there two days. Like, mm-hmm. like, this now is a time, you know, I mean, as a plot device, this is shot through with holes, right? Like, this is a time in, 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 in Britain when, like, you know, awareness of spies was, like, through the roof, you know. Carol's talk costs lives and all that. Yet, an Irish guy can land into Middle England as a marsh warden and immediately get into a fight with a local. Immediately get into a fight like, and not be looked on suspiciously whatsoever. It's no, bad. I think it's they it, it just
1: want to, it, it. It helps them set up how um, how lovable and helpful the locals are, rather than being suspicious of anybody new.
0: Perhaps, perhaps it's completely unrealistic. Richard Harris was actually meant to play Devlin. But you know, he, he actually said he actually ended up. He actually said some stuff at the time in support of the Provisional IRA, or at least expressed some sympathy for their cause or whatever at the time, which got the producers threatened. So they gave it to the Canadian. Do you know what they could have done that would have solved all of this? Like the Irish, like the Irish diaspora was already all over the world. They could have just set him up as an Irish American. It's very easy, and just let Sutherland do his normal accents. They could have no, just. Not had, there's but, a million IRA. Since, since, there would have been loads could, of IRA sympathizers. But there in, is no,
1: in, in America. no. Okay, they could have just not had it in the movie. It appears there it in is. The movie. There is no need for him to be in this movie. They're no so, need for him. No need yeah. for Jenny Agutter to be in this movie. They are absolutely superfluous. Their whole, the whole story could be cut out, and she wouldn't really know any of it. The only help he gives them really is to help them escape. Yeah. And that could have just been, again, somebody like Kane, somebody who, uh, a German, who went to, uh, who grew up in England, uh, being parachuted <laughs> in and pretends to be English and draw, yeah. as you say, less suspicion than fucking Paddy Fuckboy uh, coming yeah. out of nowhere to to
0: drink and fight yeah, and love. Like, we won't even, I, I would suggest that we don't even dwell on the Agatha love thing because, I mean, they basically fall in love in about 10 seconds. She, the, the local oaf that your man beats up um, even like he 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 rumbles he rumbles straight away. Mongo, yeah, Mongo, right. So Mongo uh, rumbles uh, Sutherland's character straight away. But the way he like he, he he goes into the house, he finds a German gun, a big pile of cash, and a radio. You're like, this is the worst undercover operation we have ever ever seen. So like, Agatha shoots him, even though she's probably not. No, he is he is an awful git. So maybe she's, there is some pleasure in shooting him for her. But like still, she's what nineteen years he like, old. He does knock her around. He does knock her around. It's yes, I'm not a relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah so. So I'm I'm not I'm not giving out to her or giving out about her doing that so much. But anyway, look, she falls. Let's not even go there. It's awful. It's dreadful. It's terrible. It no and to your point, it's yet I mean, there are about three or four significant things in this film that could be cut out make absolutely no difference. It would actually improve the film. It would actually improve the film. Yep. Um, so Sturgis Directs we mentioned Anne Coates uh, Tom Ankovich. he'd be um, he'd be kind of in your wheelhouse actually Diamonds Are Forever Live and Let Die The Man with the Golden Gun like his Hagman character is pure J.W. Pepper like out of is that
1: he just seems like he's another movie he's paying everything over the top he's given this this huge exaggerated performance and I don't I don't think it, it fits with the film
0: not at all like I mean he, he's you know he's limited combat experience he's dying to get some combat experience before he's sent home and he kind of tears into a bald headed you know I mean loses about eight men in about a minute and uh, then gets killed himself by Gene Marsh the uh, the the collaborator on the ground Um and then actually, actually gets blown up. I think by his own grenade, possibly. But um, yep. yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's known. Like, I mean, it's, it's the Madcap American. It's J.W. Pepper. It's like comic relief. It's not funny. It's not. It's there's it no business. He's no business being there. Do you know who we should had actually turned up and been in it? It was David Bowie. David Bowie was meant to be in this film. Um, was he? I, I he was. He could have. He was meant to play a Nazi. No, my only concern would have been that he might have melted in the heat. I think in 1976, boy was like 70 percent candle wax and cocaine. So I, I, I would be would have would have feared that we would never have gotten low if he had turned up for this film. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be the best for him. All right. No, Anthony Richmond was the cinematographer in this film. He worked on the Man Who Fell to Earth, so maybe there some kind of connection. Anyway, it never happened did you just, just have a few bits and pieces right so did you like the soldier playing back on the organ your your love for classical music established some podcasts ago did that did that um, talk the again, it's,
1: it's, it's an interesting point because there. Are, again it's the whole these are good nazis look how cultured he, yeah. he is as a cinematic history
0: will tell you no character who enjoys classical music could ever be evil no not at all <laughs> Sorry, that was a, that. That was a, you needed the visual really for that. I was doing my my lecture. No, be be, tha- be thankfully, be thankfully you <laughs> um, Yeah, although
1: um, you could you could probably preview pre- again if we go back to the foreplay matter for her of uh, being, <laughs> uh, to, <laughs> what is the morning to bit
0: aspects of Michael's uh, <laughs> life. <laughs> I think that's going to be in the highlight of the podcast. To be honest, foreplay, <laughs> foreplay through to climax, and the eagles, the eagles have landed. Like paratroopers land in the German paratroopers, they land in broad daylight, like in Norfolk. Uh, they drive, they, they, they drive, they they float a, a torpedo ship up the fens of Norfolk in broad daylight. It's but hilarious. No, no, hang on, hang on. No, it's not that. It's They disguise it by flying an English flag. You're and right. Then,
1: and then, as they leave, <laughs> I'm, 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 still, still in English Norfolk, website, still in Norfolk, they take down the English flag and fly. The Nazi flag. Unbelievable. And not the good Nazi flag, because I don't want to wreck anybody's uh worldview here. But there's actually no
0: such thing as a good Nazi flag. They're yeah. all bad. They're all bad. It's just they're bad. Bad. Um, yeah. Anything else here? No, there are bits and the pieces. fucking child who falls into the Oh, the child oh yes you yes, the your child your, just, your middle child, wheel child, moment. How yeah, has that child
1: gotten to that age if that if, if if their first reaction to uh, to a loud noise is to just fall into water? Yeah, is this happening at home? Is this an established pattern? <laughs> like somebody bangs a pen and the child falls down a flight of fucking stairs. You know, it's just, just do not startle my daughter. falling into the sink. We can't bathe <laughs> her. unless there's absolute silence.
0: Oh God! Actually, and you know what? That actually reminds me. I, I mean, to be fair to the thing. I mean, someone, some of the deaths in it are pretty. So, like, pretty rough. It's like, so, so the guy who saves her really gets sliced by the mill wheel. Um, Larry Hagman gets shot in the head and there is it's blood it's like a Hammer Horror film there's blood everywhere yeah, it's, pretty, it's niche, yeah. pretty, pretty heavy Steiner Kane's C- character gets shot there's no messing gets shot so I mean there are bits the action sequences I'm trying to grasp the things that are good right so there are there are good things the action sequences when they finally start
1: are very good, they yeah, they take your mind off the movie, which is which you is know, the, 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 the stuff that was preceding it anyway. That's yeah. the, the action is good enough, you could forgive an awful lot, but Absolutely. the problem is there isn't there isn't enough fucking action, and it's like, okay, now we're getting to the, getting to the good stuff, and then it stops for fucking Keynes' very slow infiltration of the estate where Winston Churchill has been oh, uh, yeah. secreted off to. And Which it's yeah. so slow and so pointless. you kind of what's the purpose of this? Why is he doing this? So he's a good Nazi, but he's a good Nazi. Who still wants to go on a one man suicide mission to kill Winston Churchill. Because why? Because reasons.
0: Yeah. No reason. Duty, sir. Duty. But no, you're right. It makes no sense. It, to that point, it makes no sense. He basically sacrifices these men who he's been with for three years as well to create a diversion where he gets away to kill Churchill. Even though he apparently, if we're to believe that he's a good Nazi, believes in none of this. But yet he still sacrifices these men's lives. Oh yeah, and just very briefly, the security cordon around Churchill's like, country pad it's incredible so so basically Cain, i would imagine
1: the secure i would imagine the security owns the nodding dog who shares his same name who sells that fucking insurance <laughs> i would imagine the security on him is more fucking secure and robust
0: yeah Than the, this it's fucking basically critical. basically it's jeff conaway bobby from taxi leaning up against kennedy from from greece leaning up against a jeep on the radio to somebody kane comes up whacks him in the back of the head knocks him out as always happens in these films and the next thing you know he's on the balcony which staring at Churchill it turns out obviously to his body double like that is I mean that twist is a nice moment it at least gives you that second where you're going this was doomed all the way we know historically this he can't die but oh, hang on a minute you, at least it gives you that second that second before by the way you, I don't know did you spot this Rodney Trotter's father-in-law from Money Fools and Horses pops up at the end to explain I did not, the whole thing you did didn't not, no, I Fucking no hate Only Fools and Horses Christ <laughs> oh will you stop I mean the more Bre- Brexit
1: Brexit Dignitas porn is what fucking Only Fools and Horses is <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ I don't think we're going to Oh gonna hold on these. there let me feel better about the fact that I have to queue 18 hours to get fucking petrol there will you love I like Only Fools and Horses. Stop! Just stop your caterwauling now. Stop. Did you watch all, all every single Only Fools and Horses episode? Are you well, still up to date. I, they win. They win the lotto
1: and all the shit that happens after that. After they one won off episodes yeah. where they're in the future. Uh, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, fair. Look. Look. After they you won. Like, after they won. You like. The won. Fo- you, like the, you like the episode where he falls through the bar and the chandelier. I and the bit where they fucking paint the grave luminous yellow. That's it. That's all you fucking like. Those three things. That's maybe than... the... and It's off. Anyway, it's we, not, we digress. It's this not. It's, the we're mark really digressing. Mark Jason.
0: Very quickly for the Mark I Jason. I hate David Jason. I hate <sighs> so much.
1: I hate him. Just between you and me, I hate him. I hate everything he's in. I, I hate him when he's playing comedy because he's not funny and then I hate him when he's playing straight because he's not hes, he's not able to do that. So it's awful. I hate his little comedy fucking moustache when he's supposed to be playing Inspector fucking Frost. he looked fucking ridiculous. I hate Count Duck, you know. I hate all his voice work as well because it's all David Jason. And if you listen to any interview with him, he thinks he's an actor. He actually genuinely thinks he's like the fucking... TV equivalent to fucking Lawrence Olivier, and he is not. No, he's David Jason. He's the fucking same and everything.
0: I'm just sitting back here. I'm just going to pretend uh, that, that 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 was Stephen's internal monologue going on, and the, I didn't hear any of that. I'm just going to move on now because we're going to be here forever. If we don't, we're going to we're going to be stuck in Studley Constable for the rest of our lives if we don't move on so is there anything Constable that's my porn name by the way Stutley <laughs> Constable by the way also the most stupid name for a pub I've ever seen the Spyglass and Kettle I mean what what the Spyglass yes, like and Kettle look,
1: write the script your man just one of the two two random things that I see in my room
0: oh my god a Spyglass and Kettle Oh, the like I said I mean I came into this film going I'm looking forward to watching this this is a lovely memory I have from childhood watching this I'm never going to watch this film again or I'm it's no. I'm yeah. never going to watch it again okay do we have any? do you, do you want to touch on anything else before we just, just
1: again go back to Donald Pleasant I sure. thought it was a nice nice way that he had that picture of Hitler on his desk like like you would your, your sweetheart
0: oh yes you know? I know I know I say he kissed it every morning with the lipstick on and then wiped it off and then got the You see in German mit Liebe Adolf kissy kissy <laughs> <laughs> you just The old cartoons where you see the lipstick uh, the lipstick print on yes. the photograph as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That would have been like, a nice touch. If anyone hasn't seen The Eagle Has Landed basically, and you have seen say The Great Escape he's basically playing bad Colin, right? And he's very, very good at it. And it's actually I know we're giving out He's the spit of Himmler. Like. He's excellent. No, he really is yeah. good in this. He really is good in this. Him and Bobby Duval, basically are the best thing in the film. I think Kane could have been really good in this film if he had been given a bit more. We're kind of in mid 70s cruising Kane here now and I mean it's like Harry and Walter was the last film we did and he's good in that as well and it's a bad film. This is nowhere near as bad. I won't have it said this is as bad as Harry and Walter. It's nowhere near. Oh, and it's not it's nowhere near as bad as that I, No, I mean, not at all. That, that's a fact. It's it it is bad and but Kane is nowhere near as good in this as he was no. in uh, Harry and Walter. Harry and Walter. You're quite right. So, I, with that in mind, let's give our marks for Cam. We're not marking the film. We're marking Cam's performance. What do you? What? What? What are you doing for this one? I will give it a five. Yeah, you know what? I would have given this a six, but you're right. This isn't quite as. This isn't quite as good as his Harry and Walter performance. So, I yeah, we. we I, I go with five. And let's just move along. Let's just move along. I'm so disappointed with this. We swap in uniforms for the next movie, right? It's an epic on a far bigger scale than this one. Stop, 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 stop. stop. I'm already immune to this one. I have I know what's coming and I'm I'm prepared for it, right? He's part of one of the largest, starriest ensemble casts that I'd say was ever gathered for a movie. How much he's in it, Stephen, how, how we're going to handle this one is kind of up for discussion, I'd say, in the next little while. But the film that's next up is Bridge Too Far with Richard Attenborough 1977. We're going to fly
1: 35,000 men 300 miles and drop them behind enemy lines.
0: Yeah, for the people who who made a pontoon too close. (laughs) Yeah, well, look, we'll get stuck into it. It's it's, his only film of 1977. We're in the late 70s. We're nearly out. But we're like, we're only two films or three films away from the swarm as well, which might cheer you up. Um, But there are reasons why this is his only film of 1977, which uh, we maybe get into next time. He's got a little tax problem. But uh, yeah, so there we are. I think that's us done, is it? That's us done and dusted. Okay. Um,
1: all that remains is for me to encourage you to hit us up at Mark of Cain Two on Twitter if you have any questions, and don't forget to like and subscribe us please. on the po- Please please like please. Us. please like and subscribe. Otherwise, we won't earn all the millions and millions of euros that all the other podcasts from Michael Kane are earning. Do you uh, realize?
0: So- do you realize that all the other film podcasts are pointing and laughing at us? Do you know that? I've seen it.
1: By by virtue of them pointing and laughing at us, they're all so pointing and laughing at you, dear listener. Do you you really want to be pointed and laughed at? Nobody does. So make sure you like and subscribe us on the platform of your choice. And we will be back next week to discuss whatever bullshit he's in uh, (laughs) next time.
0: A bridge too far. A bridge too
1: far. Bye. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe, uh, maybe leave a comment. Only nice ones, though. Mean comments will make Alfie cry, and no one wants to see that. The Marco Kane podcast is written, researched, and presented by Stephen Black and Michael Foley, and edited by Andrew Foley. Music is composed by Stephen Black. If you'd like to get in touch, you'll find us on Twitter at, at @malonews and at Marco Kane 2. And if you enjoyed this episode, you'll find all the rest wherever you get your podcasts. The Marco Kane is a Mallow News 2 Cubes production. See you next time.